0: Do you feel prepared for this podcast?
1: I mean, I'm prepared for whatever direction you uh, lead me into.
0: Welcome back to Mixed Bag, the podcast where we talk about all things going on in women's golf. I'm Abby Liebenthal, founder and president of For the Ladies, and as always, I am joined by Justin Cruz. How are you doing, Justin?
1: I am doing great. The weather is taking its usual mid-October, late-October, Midwest turn for the worst. So Yesterday was beautiful and about 60 degrees, and today it is doom and gloom and 40 and wet and rainy, but There's some optimism in the forecast. Our golf season isn't quite fully wrapped up around here, and I like to push the boundaries of, you know, I have to play today because it could be the last day. I've almost started that. I like to do that with Steph here, late October. You know, today could be the last day. You have to let me play. And that goes over real well the third, fourth, fifth time over.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, today it is 79 in Pinehurst. But tomorrow, the high is 58, which I just don't understand where that cold front came from. Um, But then it warms up again. So
1: 58, everyone's going to be out with their winter coats and their hats and gloves and walking their dog like they live in northern Michigan.
0: Yeah, I can't wait. Um, But yeah, I mean, it gets back up. And fortunately for our Seabrook trip with your wife. Um, The weather looks fantastic.
1: I know. She said low 70s and sunny. So optimism and excitement is high.
0: I know. So pumped. A few of us are going down to Seabrook. A few for the ladies. Folks, I'm calling it my fall summit. Um, So (laughs) I hope they're all prepared for that. Um, But it should be really fun
1: you have some good golfers a, and you have some chops so you got good players like yourself and you have yeah. chops like Steph
0: <laughs> it's across the board <laughs> um i will say i did play in my first like competitive match in a really long time um i played at Meadowbrook which was that Donald Ross course that hosted the 2021 founders mm-hmm. um it was sick it was so so nice um and I played with a colleague and she's scratched so she was really fun to play with Mm -hmm. because she was very good and she like if I had a bad shot she could make up for it immediately and then in the second round we tied because I missed a putt on 18 um but overall I was really proud of myself I don't know if I would call Steph and my second place finish like my most competitive event from the summer um so it was fun to like actually feel the pressure of like wanting to win something
1: totally it's fun to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation i don't care what your abilities are i think that's one of the great aspects of golf and steph says that too regardless of your abilities to put yourself in a competition where you've got to make a four footer or five footer, or you feel like you've got to hit a good drive. I think everybody gets excited and relishes those opportunities.
0: For sure. All right. Well, any, any updates on your end? From the golf perspective? No, I got nothing. Well then let's just get into it. Um, some, some recent, we're going to take a little bit of a different approach. The LPGA is back on this week, but, um, they, a lot of the players were traveling to, oh, bad, that I don't know, for this BMW championship.
1: The BMW um, is in Korea.
0: It is in Korea. A lot of players are traveling. I don't know what my notes didn't update technical errors on my end but I uh, wanted to take a little bit of a different approach with this podcast talking a little bit about like state of the game but but starting with um 2022 Epson Tour graduating class so the Epson Tour is the feeder tour into the LPGA these athletes earn their LPGA LPGA card by being in the top 10 in the money list on the Epson Tour and wanted to just talk about some some highlights of that and then maybe get into a little bit of like, what does that typically mean? Like how do these players perform in, um, in that next year on their, their rookie year or, you know, first year back on the LPGA. So one of the highlights for me was certainly Linnea Strom. Uh, we had her on the for the ladies podcast when, when she was actually like kind of struggling, she was, um, put back down onto the Epson tour after losing her card in 2021, um, it took her less than a full season on the Epson tour to make it back on the LPGA. She was player of the year this year on the Epson tour, but overall, a, a very exciting for her to be able to, to get back. I'm sure people could certainly be discouraged when they lose that opportunity. Um, so she fought back and I thought that was cool.
1: Yeah. I think that's a, a trend that we saw with, you know, Lilia Vu and players that yeah. they s- receive a lot of success early in their careers, maybe hit a little bit of a speed bump reframe and then come back stronger than ever. And you see that with uh, Lilia, and, you know, you should see that with Linnea Strom, a Swedish player who's got a good background, heads a lot of success early in her career and seems to definitely be on the upswing.
0: Totally. Um, anyone stick out to you?
1: I mean, I think the the most notable one is Lucy Lee. Um, sure. She's, feel like she's been around forever based on that appearance at the women's open at such a young age, but, you know, she played in six LPJ events this season and played very well here in Toledo at yep. the Dana open where she finished fourth. She won twice on the Epson tour. I mean, at one point she was third in the Wagger ranking. So really an accomplished player at such a young age you have to believe she carries a lot of momentum into next year. Yeah. She should have pretty decent status too, based on playing halfway decent in a few LPJ events. Her world ranking right. probably is a little higher than some of the other players that, you know, played strictly Epson Tour Golf or a mix of Epson and some LPJ events. So I don't know the particulars of that, but I imagine you'll see a lot of Lucy Lee. Uh, coming up very shortly
0: that's a really good point um and like in talking about how you create your schedule because some of these players i feel like they do stick on the epson tour and then the lpga tour is so much more competitive and harder to win and you know all the all the above from what you would know from professional golf so i i'm like very curious about her um the way she took this journey and playing and taking some of those sponsors exemptions and playing in those events, because she probably could have finished, you know, higher in those rankings. She still finished third, but, um, I would certainly be curious how she performed on that, at all of those LPGA events. I certainly saw the, the T4 at the Dana open in Toledo. Um, but, but yeah, I, I I'll be curious to keep an eye on how she performs in 2022, based on some of the decisions that she made this year.
1: Right, and Um, and for all these players, I think it's important to understand that you know there's a lot of pressure early in the season with reshuffle and things of that nature to get your status, give yourself the best opportunity to succeed, and you know put yourself in, in the best possible position for later in the season. You see this on the the men's tour a lot where the fall series events for them are so important because they need to play well in order to increase their status to get in more events. As we cross over the new year, it's the same thing. The LPGA is going to very much a schedule where there's, you know, limited field events. The, even the Pelican event at the end of the year is going to be strictly based off of the race to the CME points. So that's not necessarily a full field event. It's going to be, very much earn based on current, you know, season performance, which is great, but it just increases the pressure to try to get that priority ranking up to get into as many events as you can, because with the schedule that we've seen just from a, a podcasting perspective, there's natural breaks, there's some unnatural breaks. Yeah. So if you're a player that goes out and has a few events, you know, and doesn't get off to a good start, we saw that with some individuals that we know this year that, you get off to kind of a slow start and you feel like you're always fighting uphill battle from the beginning of the season.
0: Totally. Especially coming from the Epson tour. Right. Um, another one that stuck out to me, just kind of the last one on my end was Shaowen Yin. She's 17 years old and, and the youngest player to get her card through the Epson tour. She was working of the year. She won in her first professional event. Um, she's certainly very young. Uh, so I'll be know another one to keep an eye on um to see how she performs on the larger stage Uh, she seems like somebody though who's just gonna like play her game um so she could be very successful but she did take the route of you know playing in a ton of eps and tour events um and just took it from there and 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 that's why she she earned her card um yeah fine class 10 people get in um I, you know, I was listening to the Friday podcast. I know somebody reached out to them about like, why don't more women get through And, and that's why I kind of wanted to dive into this 2021 graduating class and how did they perform this year? Because it, it's not the same as like PGA tour, U and the corn fairy tour where like these guys get hot and then they could like possibly win on the PGA tour. Like that doesn't happen as often on the LPGA, And so, um, it's a different game. So, so definitely wanted to talk a a little bit. And, And the first one is certainly Lilia Vu. Um, she graduated from the Epson tour in 2021. She had lost her card and then she got it back in 21, but you know, her current Rolex world ranking is 50. She had six top 10 finishes successful year. Like, you know, we certainly saw her in contention a lot. Um, and but the, it's funny that not the same can really be said for that many players aside from Sophia Schubert, who her ranking is 68th. You and I talked about how she had that second place finish at Evian and like that is a game changer for her career because she's getting invited to um, more events. She gets with her world ranking. She's able to qualify for more things. She made 12 cuts and 19 starts like she had a solid season, but everybody else. I mean, it was it was such an interesting exercise because, you know, you look at somebody like, Casey, you know, Casey Danielson, who has come on the of the Ladies podcast and like love her. She is ranked 464th, made four cuts in 17 starts. Uh, Fatih, who came on the podcast with her, is ranked 358 and only made one cut in 16 starts. And, yeah. you know, people it's just it's super interesting to see how does the graduating class um perform in the following year and and i don't know what the answer is to to making sure that you have you know the best athletes competing on your tour um but it's just it's interesting to follow along and you know you could certainly go back to previous graduating classes and huge schools and seeing how people get onto the scene but it does seem like it takes time to win on the lpga
1: it definitely takes time and i think there's a comfort level and as we touched on before are you comfortable playing the golf courses where are you getting starts and then when you get a start do you take advantage of that start to move into the you know the current year top 80 reshuffle and you know there's been a a few players that we've seen like you said lilia vu that that capitalized on that and but it's a hard road and it's a lot of pressure and if the season doesn't get off to the the start you're looking for and you start missing cuts and it compounds against you, it gets really challenging.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's crazy. I don't really have anything else to say on the Epson tour, but um, I thought it, I thought it'd be interesting to at least, you know, mention those, congratulate those who who do get to this stage, but uh, always just kind of curious about, about how they succeed.
1: Yeah. And I think too, you know, I'm looking just at the current priority, rankings mm. the the players and you mentioned the, you know some of the numbers of starts they had you yeah know, the, the top 10 on the Epson tour does get pretty good priority status they are getting a good number of starts so I think the 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 setup is there for players to be successful it just ultimately comes down to like anything in golf you know you play better it takes care of a lot of a lot of difficulty you know Lilia vu and we've mentioned her a lot already she's currently 28th in points. She's going to be, you know, in the end of the, in the tour championship, all of a sudden you get into a lot more events and you play halfway decent, in some of those events and you really catapult yourself.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's something I always like, I never really looked deeply enough into is like the priority list and, how players get into events. I mean, the one thing I do know is if like you finish within like the top 10 in one week, you do get status into the following week's event, which is what happened with, with uh, Lucy Lee, for example, she's with that T4 finish at the Dana open. She got into the Kroger city in Cincinnati. Um, So yeah, when you play better, you get more opportunity.
1: (laughs) It's, it's funny how that works out, but yeah, for everyone's a, a top 80 player, on the end of the year list is fully exempt 80 through a hundred will still get a lot of starts Um, and then after that you're kind of going back to you know epson tour players you might have to go to q series or monday qualify in your number gets pretty low and your number of starts get low but there is a and then information is hard to find in terms of when does the reshuffle take place. Okay. But there is a a current year top 80 on the points list after the first reshuffle. Again, I don't know when that is. So, you again, you play well, you get an opportunity. And a lot of the names we brought up, you know, Naren Ahn, Sophia Schubert, Lilia Vu are kind of in that category. We're there in the top 80, Lynn Grant, based on – you know, playing well during the course of the season.
0: Interesting. Yeah. There's like this whole, all of these qualifications. Oh, you
1: can go down a real wormhole because the bottom of the priority (laughs) list is absolutely hilarious. Where you get into players players that don't even play anymore, but have won tournaments. Uh, Yeah,
0: Like Renee Powell is on here. Oh yeah.
1: Joanne Carners. You know, there's (laughs) the, the, the list goes on forever.
0: Oh my gosh, how funny, but I guess like that's, this is kind of what, you know, a lot of people talk about on the PGA tour is like, how are they filling events like Puerto Rico and stuff? Mm -hmm. Like this is how, (laughs) yes,
1: this is how, and it goes very, very deep. And a lot of these players, you know, after a certain point, they're they're never going to get opportunities, but yes, there's 20 categories or 19 categories of players. And it's a it's a lengthy list if they ever had to fill an event and go that deep.
0: Yeah. Huh. Um, okay. Well, that, that's the Epson tour. Excited to see how they do this, this next year. But um, yeah, congrats to all of them. There's some fun ones. Gabby then is another good one. She um, stopped competing professionally and like went back and got a marketing job. And then she decided to come back and you know, now she's on the LPGA tour. So, um, there's, so there's some fun stories in there. For sure. Um, so there's been some events since we last chatted. Um, but, but before we get into those, I, something else I wanted to talk about was just like kind of a state of the union is, you know, we've had 24 different winners and 10 first time winners on the LPGA, which is insane um it it certainly shows how hard it is to win but at the same time it's kind of wild to me that like we have these big names on the tour but they're not winning like week after week and there's not like that familiarity if you're not an avid lpga fan
1: yep I think we we don't have a season like we had last year where Nellie and Jin Young Ko are picking up, yeah. you know, a half dozen wins or close to it each and monopolizing yeah. a lot of the events. So there's a couple multiple time winners in Jennifer Cup show. But I think the one thing okay. I really like, especially as the summer tailed off is yeah. there was a lot of good stories in the winners from a, you know, an Andrea Lee kind of a little bit of a redemption story from where she has been to an Allie Ewing winning again, Charlie Hall winning again, and then you know, Jody Udorf Shadow getting her first win. So while there hasn't been the run of maybe as familiar of players winning over and over again, which I do think is good for golf as we saw last year, there have been a lot of popular Winners and a popular stories in terms of who has won, where they've won, and a little bit of redemption. Similar, even like an Allie Ewing that we talked about who really was not having a good year and then won in Cincinnati.
0: Right. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, uh, yes, people like you and I, we enjoy the storylines and and we are here to learn about all the players on the tour and see them succeed. But I think from like an overall marketing perspective to the greater sports world, I'm sure it's a harder task for for the LPGA to, um, you know, because they can lean on. Yes, they can lean on those storylines, but then it's hard to predict week after week, like, oh, like, who should we be talking about? Um, and making sure that we're giving our players the best chance to be marketable and building their brand. So it's gotta be just a tough job for them. <laughs> like I, yeah, I don't know. Right. I don't have a good solution. At the end of the
1: day in any sports, stars sell tickets.
0: Right. And right. you, like, you want your want stars playing the feed. best. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So, um, well, yeah, let's, I mean, you listed off those winners, but let's quickly kind of recap. Um, Since we last chatted, our champions have been Andrea Lee. She won the Amazing Creed Portland Classic. It was her first LPGA Tour victory. Um, Andrea has come on the Four Ladies podcast as well, and you can certainly check that out. But um, she's great. She had a super successful junior career and amateur career. And when you're, you know, at the when you're ranked number one and you like golf doesn't come super hard to you. And then you go on the professional tour and it takes a little bit of time to get that, that victory. I'm sure it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a shock, but I'm, this will certainly give her momentum. um, And I'm excited to see what what she continues to do next.
1: Right. A player that kind of was, I don't want to say fully lost in the wilderness, but kind of went away and comes back in a big way into the top 20 and points, gets a victory, really opens the door for next year, as we talked about with opportunities and where you can take your season. And again, an unfamiliar winner for most people, but a good story and a popular winner.
0: Yeah, love it. Yeah, you certainly can tell she's popular among the tour, and uh, and, and that's exciting, too. Um, a Thitical won the Walmart Arkansas Championship. She won in a playoff against Danielle Kang. I watched the the end of this, and it was super fun. Danielle had to pitch an eagle on 18 to get into a playoff with her. Well, she finished first, and then Atiyah finished and ended up tying um, Danielle, but I mean, that was that's like fun drama. Like, that's what you want to see. So so that was really good. And it's a good tournament for that to happen.
1: Yep. Yep. Great to see Danielle um, Kang come back just in terms of popularity, yeah. closing mm-hmm. 64, loses in a playoff. But you have to think her game is trending in a, in a good direction as you head into next season.
0: Totally. Um, and then we had the Ascendant LPGA in Texas, where Charlie Hall won her first title in six years. Um, just that's great. I I don't really have a whole lot <laughs> with that one. Um, you know, like the with with all three of these, like the courses don't do like a whole lot for me. That that you know, they're not like sticking out. Right, they're, they're just like nice. events to keep the season going but like you and i have talked about like these weird breaks in the season and then they get back into it i just wish there was a little bit more consistency right um but great great winners
1: right again i look at it from growing the game of golf obviously charlie hull is very popular on social media she was involved in the solheim cup was a great player when she was you know 17 or 18 years old was on a solheim cup team so i think all these stories. Are good for the game. Are good for, you know, introducing the the LPGA to audiences of of all kinds. So I think a good winner. She's been playing well for a while. Gets across the finish line, but as you said, these these events, for better or worse, blend together a little bit. Totally. And the courses and whatnot as you get towards the end of the season, kind of. It, 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 <laughs> It gets lost in the sports shuffle, the golf shuffle, and yeah. everything like that.
0: Um, I would really like for Charlie Hall to go on Love Island, which <laughs> is like a British like dating reality show. I don't even know if she's in a relationship, but I just feel like she would her her brand would certainly take off on that television show. I can't <laughs> sure comment can't on
1: I can't <laughs> comment on Love Island, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs>
0: Um, well and then la- this past week we had um Jodie Euer chat off win the Meadowhill Championship her first win in 246 starts on the LPGA uh one of three players over the age of 30 to win this year on tour which another like that was another crazy thing to me i was like oh my gosh the tour is so young right. um and you yeah, know I- there's a lot to talk about with Jody. um 2021 crazy enough a sneeze led to a herniated disc and almost ended her career um just another really great champion and and excited for her
1: right her husband's a sports reporter in orlando he had a great video that he tweeted out of him watching the end of watching her win which i thought was pretty cool so these little human interest stories that show you the grind that these players to be on tour to get into your 30s to get your first win I'm sure there's moments for a player like that where you think, okay, how long am I sticking in this game? How long am I going to be able to play at the top level? Now, all of a sudden you win and the sky's really the limit just in terms of exemptions, opportunities. It's a, a big burden off your chest for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and 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 now we we do go into the final stretch of the 2022 season. Um, this week, the BMW Ladies Championship defending champion is Jin Young Ko, who I believe is competing. I, I was watching Bethany Nichols on golf today earlier, and they were talking about it. Um, and then the next three weeks, we we have events. They Halloween is off. Um, they go to Japan next, and then they're back in the United States for the Pelican Women's Championship that you had mentioned and the CME Group Tour Championship. So um, we are we are coming to the end of the season,
1: <laughs> a very long season. Yeah, there was supposed to be an event in Taiwan that got canceled, yeah. so this Asian swing again becomes a little disjointed, where you have an event a week off, and then another event. So we'll see if players stick around, how the fields are, how many North American players or European players go over for these two right. events. I think that's why a lot of players, as Bethany mentioned on Twitter, played in the Aramco event uh, mm. this, this weekend, the L.E.T. event. Saw a pretty LPGA-heavy field there. And then I like the Pelican event. Um there's some unique background with that golf course but I think it's a cool event. It's a good golf course. It tends to get good TV coverage around that time. It's an event that's getting some momentum heading into the CME Tour Championship in Naples. So you have two Florida events following the two Asian events. I think the only downside to me would be if you're a player trying to catch status, trying to keep your card, trying to move up priority rankings, your your season very much might be completed or near completed that you might not get into either of the Asian tour events and Pelican might be your last opportunity to play. So you had six or seven events going from Canada all the way through, through Texas and then it kind of comes to a, a quick and abrupt end.
0: Yeah, that's true. What is interesting about Pelican Hill, Pelican? Um, it, was Pelican, the, Hill, Pelican uh, it was the it
1: was the site of a municipal course in Tampa, in the uh-huh. Tampa area. That just never it was always supposed to be this neat kind of gem of a golf course, and someone just came in and bought it, leveled it, and built this beautiful high end club. There's a heavy Augusta National presence down there. Fred Ridley's a member, but. It's a beautifully conditioned golf course. It's a very nice club. They're really behind the event. It's got a nice purse. But of course, there's people that said, oh, it should have been kept, you know, as the municipal course, you know, in the area.
0: Nice. So yeah. what can you do? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I it's an interesting tale. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like anything in golf, oh there's always a backstory and it's always an interesting tale
0: yeah yeah i think i do remember the augusta references now that i yeah it's it's a pretty
1: it. heavy augusta connection down there and that's hey you know what i think all these little touches are are good for the lpga and good for exposure and good for you know growing the game and the audience growth so if if it came with the expense of a municipal golf course that wasn't doing well i don't live in the tampa area so selfishly i i'll take it <laughs>
0: <laughs> fair enough where i'm like oh that would have been cool if they would have just like fixed it up right, and exactly. had a so it. <laughs> you know you're such a
1: you're such a good person that's why you work for who you work for and i work for who i work for i look that's at it fair. on the on the grand corporate level and you look at it from the organic golf level and that's perfect
0: <laughs> it does it works out nice we balance each other out um, well, moving on to the college golf seed. Um, do we want to talk about a
1: Ramco real quick? Our girl, I
0: mean, you can, I did it. Did it, Lexi? win? our
1: girl Lexi? I'll just say our girl Lexi went one, um, took her appearance money, beat Brooke Henderson. <laughs> Good for Lexi. We like Lexi, would have liked to have seen her win an LPJ event, but hopefully, this creates some momentum. and... We'll, yeah, keep, at least we'll, keep our, like, we'll keep our opinions or my opinions about Aramco and other things to yeah. other people at other times. Bethann Nichols yeah. has a lot to read and become better informed. And like yes. anything, information is power. Go check out our good friend Bethann and some of her tweets and articles and stories. Don't listen to us too.
0: Fools right well and that's the thing is like i'm not at the end of the day i'm like not educated enough about what's right. been going on um but Bethan has been covering right. it extensively especially in just in making the connections between like the women's game like we we are so um interested in the men's game that that yeah check out check out what she has to say well um, said so- Thank you. So, Lexi, Lexi won. Good for her. <laughs> um, so, moving on to college golf, Stanford women's golf is still number one. Um, they recently beat Wake Forest four to one at the Jackson Stevens Cup at Seminole, which looked sick. Um, Rachel Keane of Wake Forest won medalist honors, but she was beat by Megagane of Stanford um, in the finals. So it's been interesting. I was looking at the Golf Week rankings; it's a battle for number one between Stanford and Wake Forest. Uh, they're they're only divided by a few points um, in the coaches' poll and stuff. So
1: I love too that's a trend that we've seen the last few years on kind of some of these Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays of these yeah. college events being on TV. Mm-hmm. They had it's one awesome. at the blessings. They have one at Pasatiempo. Tiempo. They usually have the East Lake Cup, which is probably coming up fairly soon. Yeah. They had this Stevens Cup at Seminole. So they're very cool golf courses. The coverage is very extensive. I mean, they've yeah, put in a lot of golf solid. content out there. And a couple of these, which are cool, were the one at the blessings and the one at Seminole yeah. were boys and girls. So you see how the different players play the holes. Seminole, it must have been, I mean, I watched a fair amount of it. It must have been fairly benign conditions because on the boys and the girls' side, they took it super low, like yeah. crazy low scores.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I'm curious. I mean, I know the Walker Cup is its a match play event, but I wonder how they scored in some of their matches. Yeah, the Walker um, Cup
1: was really windy and seemed to be set up really firm. And difficult. Yeah,
0: it's a USGA event for you.
1: Yeah, it was it was a challenge. They decided not to water Seminole for a month and then let them go out there and try to <laughs> try to battle the wind. But yeah, no, I think it's great for college golf on both sides of the table. You're introducing yeah. people to players. You know, like a Megagani, like a Rachel Heck, a lot of people know who Rose Zang is, but Rachel Keene's a great example of that, too, where she's been on Curtis Cups, but maybe hasn't had a huge breakthrough moment. And sure. you get to see her play really well in an event like this, which is very cool. Again, on such an interesting golf course that you never see, kind of like a yeah. Pasatiempo when they have the, the men's event there. So I love this stuff. It also is, you know, when you're on Monday and Tuesday in the early fall, when there's not a lot on TV in the evenings, and they're giving you two to three hours of, of great coverage, that Blessings Golf Course is really cool in Arkansas. There were some holes there where I'm not sure the average person would ever finish. But credit to the Golf Channel, credit to the sponsors, I know Tyson Foods is a big sponsor of the the Blessings event.
0: Yeah. They pretty much I mean, and those for those events, like they're paying to be on golf channels. So good on those people for making the decision to do so.
1: Absolutely. It's it's a credit to whoever has the vision. Because it's easy to say, oh yeah, I wish there was more college golf on TV, but someone's got to fund it and they're getting people to fund it and the viewer and the fan of golf like ourselves benefits at the end.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we, I completely forgot to talk about the international crowd event is back. So rewinding back to LPGA really quick. Um, some news that came out this past week was that the international crowd event uh, will return to the schedule in 2023 and will take place at TPC Harding Park, which I'm super excited about. Um, basically, if you haven't heard of this event, it's four players from eight countries will compete. Uh, the U.S. won in its first year and South Korea won on their home turf in 2018 uh, some of the the biggest things you know right now they play just four ball so um, each person plays their own ball and it's like best ball and that's how they decide who goes to the next matches uh, but a new element of the format is that the final round will be two singles matches and one four subs match will take place in the final round mm-hmm. um, or the first three days will be that four ball best ball so I, I'm curious like how that's actually going to work out I guess they just like they'll split split up the groups uh split up the teams but uh, you know i've been doing it i wish they were doing more of that creativity in the prior rounds but i'll, I'll take this for sure
1: hey everybody loves team golf team events yeah. international events yeah. whether it's an olympics curtis cup walker cup solheim cup they're all cool i think yeah. golf especially on the women's side could get more creative with some of these events there was a lot of talk about Could the President's Cup be a a six and six men, six women type event? I think these are all great ideas. I mean, the only downside to me, as I talked about before, is it's another event that's an extremely limited field event. Sure. And if you're the player that's between 75th and 150th on the points list, it's another week off. But I like the creativity. There's not a duplicate type event you know I like it
0: and I will say despite me like thinking oh I wish this was like at the end of the season it's probably for the best for them that it is in May because then they're not competing with like Solheim Cup and Ryder Cup and President's Cup and sure all of these like major events like that, that end up like being they end up being um conducted around the same time period so I'm good I'm I'm good with it being in May it, it's a bit early in the season um and, and close to majors but um it'll be interesting right. Fine.
1: right it's yeah. kind of like the match play event in vegas it's at an awesome golf course it's a sweet event it just doesn't have a great date
0: yeah that date is really bad but <laughs> next year <laughs> but next year the um the u.s women's open is after the u.s open so that date change may help mm-hmm. that event which is great um well that's all we got
1: quick and easy really we hit. We hit on a wide variety of of topics: geopolitical issues, <laughs> women's amateur golf, Epson Tour.
0: Yeah, it was a mixed bag. If it, you will, it
1: was. We had good radio. We had bad radio. We really had it all. It's really par for the course <laughs> for us.
0: I know. I'm trying to think. I mean, honestly, we probably won't do this again until like the end, because I just, you know, right. we have a week just and then a week Based on off. the schedule. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we'll probably do, I mean, we'll do it probably after the season, in and yeah. right around Thanksgiving time, because there's just too, it's too, you know, you have an event, don't have an event, have an event, don't have an event. So unless something crazy happens, that's, uh, this'll be it for a little while. You that's
0: know? okay. I'll be, I'll be home for Thanksgiving. So maybe we can wow. do it live. We
1: could do it live. Gosh, you're going to bless us with your presence. You're going to be playing golf, enjoying some sun and some cool, crisp days, and I'm going to be getting salt from Home Depot and making sure my snowblower works here anytime.
0: You and Stephanie are welcome anytime, which she has quickly learned because she will be here in just two days. (laughs)
1: Lucky (laughs) you. I'm so I'm so sad that I will not be. With my wife for four days.
0: (laughs) It's going to be a great time. You're going to be sad you missed it.
1: I Actually, you know what? I will be sad I missed it because there's a lot of fun people going. There will be a lot of laughs, a lot of alcohol, some semblance (laughs) of golf. It'll be highly entertaining.
0: some semblance of golf is such a good way to put it we have two tee times i'm like do i even make it to one of them like we'll just see you have if you're
1: bringing your clubs you've got to play at least twice that's my rule you can't unless you're playing someplace super special you can't travel with your golf clubs to play once
0: i know i was glad that the um event i played in earlier this week it was 36 holes because i hate taking my clubs places it's such a pain in the ass right All right. Well, that's enough. (laughs) We've done enough for today. Thank you so much for your time, Justin. Hey,
1: Abby, 39 minutes of excellent podcasting. You have a wonderful evening.